0: This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network.
1: Hi there, and welcome to the Living Local with Edible San Diego podcast. My name is Katie Stokes, and as publisher of Edible San Diego, I wanted to welcome you to a new and important conversation. San Diego County really is a global crossroads, and when you think about it, it's true all the way down to even our very own bodies. In this podcast, we're going to take this concept of we are what we eat, and we're going to unpack it together. We're going to look at what local is, how it works, why it matters. My goal is to create a conversation which is inclusive, dynamic, and one that enriches our everyday life. So I wanted to welcome you to this new conversation, Living Local with Edible San Diego, and to thank Specialty Produce for producing this podcast. Well, hello, everybody. This is Katie Stokes, publisher of Edible San Diego, here for another episode of the Living Local podcast. Today, I am joined by Chris Slesher, who is the founder of Lucky Bolt, and we're going to have a conversation all about living local, eating local, and, and some of the nuances of being an innovative entrepreneur in San Diego County. Um, Chris, you know, since we've met several years ago through the San Diego Food System Alliance, I've always enjoyed talking with you about, about business and you know, good food and and what we all can do to help support that. And, um, you know, I I know that that your company, Lucky Bolt, is all about making it easier for people to get access to good food, people uh, when they're at work. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your company, kind of define Lucky Bolt, and then we'll get into some some good details.
0: Sure. First off, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Glad to to be here. Um, Yeah, Lucky Bolt, uh, I guess I was in... I was inspired to start uh lucky Bolt just from my own experience as a professional you know, earlier in my career working in finance, chained to a desk mm-hmm. uh, struggled with the i think the same frustration that a lot of busy people mm-hmm. uh, experience is that it's just tough to maintain a balanced diet when you're busy yep and uh the actually the first the first idea that that I had rattling around in my head was a breakfast burrito concept and the idea was the the vision was i wanted to be able to uh order a a breakfast burrito like when i left my uh my apartment and then magically just uh grabbed the burrito from someone who's standing in front of my my building i was (laughs) like you know when i lived in in manhattan yeah and uh and you know, I left uh, New York in '06, moved to San Diego, did another startup that was just like a, a, an app for surfers. Okay. Um, and then uh, still had this, this breakfast burrito idea, like I said, just kind of bouncing around in my head. Uh-huh. And uh, this is back in like 2010, 2011. So before the, this big wave of uh, like food delivery right. had really started. And uh, so I decided to pursue it and, okay. and I was going to build a breakfast uh, burrito business that was entirely focused on making it easy for people to get. The thought was make it easy to get a a good balanced uh, breakfast Mm -hmm. and then you'd be, you know, set up for the, you know, at least the rest of the day. Yeah. Instead of like having your blood sugar crash because you skipped breakfast and you've been drinking coffee all morning. So, uh, and then you get to lunch and then you just eat the first thing that you see. Right. So that was the, the inspiration. And then, when we were uh, or when i was uh was kind of going through the the startup phase and i figured that we needed to test like this this mode of of distribution uh first and foremost didn't i didn't need anyone to prove to me that people wanted a breakfast burrito mm-hmm. i just believed it
1: okay <laughs> um you knew
0: <laughs> so i focused on the on the technology like the logistics technology mm. um and then um uh, Got the idea well, why don't I instead of having to start a kitchen and and figure out all the food costs and all that why don't I go and work with restaurants that already have trusted brands work with them and and then theoretically we could offer something different every day and uh and then so in other words, we could offer uh in in theory someone could get a meal from us every day and not get bored uh, oh. from the menu. Right and and then once we proved that everything actually worked, then we could we could uh, start to uh, make the food ourselves and control the quality. And uh, the vision was always I, I always wanted to know exactly where the ingredients were coming from and, mm-hmm. and control you know all the all the details. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's you know that's how we started back in uh, in like I said twenty eleven. Okay. Um, and uh, the focus has always been. You know, making it easy and affordable for people to to get that good food when they're at work
1: right and then and so you started this this company when you were in San Francisco and then later came down to San Diego
0: yeah I'd actually moved up there because I was still thinking in that kind of uh I was I had the idea when I was living in New York mm-hmm. and I was still thinking that it needed to be in a really dense urban like downtown type uh type setting where you've got Hundreds of thousands of people crammed together so that you get the volume that you would need because it's the our distribution model is a is like a one to many one 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 driver uh, is feeding many people. I see. As opposed to like the way um, like Uber or DoorDash would do it, like they'll pick up one sandwich and drive across town and deliver it to someone.
1: Right. Right.
0: So we take the and delivery is not free. It's anything. But free, it's right. uh, uh, it's expensive. So we take the cost of the, of the delivery and we spread it over a lot of people, and that's how we're able to achieve the the affordability.
1: Yeah. So you brought the concept to San Diego, and uh, I know you are based in Sierra Valley now. So so tell us a little bit more about how this idea has has taken root here in 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 San Diego County.
0: Um, yeah. So I moved back to San Diego. Really, just because I wanted to live in San Diego, not not in San Francisco, um, and uh, that was in 2014, and we were uh, we were the first, you know, to be doing it in the Bay Area, and we were the first to uh, to bring this concept to hmm. um, to San Diego, and it was I mean it was received very well. Uh, I mean, go figure. You offer someone, t- you know, to deliver their lunch for free. Uh, so, <laughs>
1: What's not to like, right?
0: <laughs> and then. Uh, if, and I, as we've seen this whole food delivery wave as i call it uh really uh, uh take hold the delivery market has gotten busier and busier and the i guess the the way that we've we really haven't changed anything about our uh you know what we've always set out to do um we've we've kind of altered course uh in the sense that we're we're doing more brick and mortar Mm-hmm. Uh, locations now, but it's still everything is in service of of, uh, of people that, who are busy at work. Mm-hmm. And so, what I mean by that is, uh, um, you know, we've. Uh, I guess I, I failed to mention that we're we're making food. We started making food in uh, in 2015. So uh, after we had built up uh, a customer base, mm-hmm. we started preparing meals uh, under our own brand, right? And and just working in a shared kitchen, and then. That that started to take off, and then we opened our own kitchen uh, last year in right. Sorrento. That's in, that's the one in Sorrento Valley, and then uh, we uh, started getting approached by uh, um, like uh, uh, commercial property owners asking if we could operate a, a cafe, you know, for their uh, uh, like office campuses. Mm-hmm. And so we've uh, we did our first project with. Uh, a real estate developer called Cruzan. Um, and that one's uh, also in kind of Sorrento Valley Carmel Valley mm-hmm. that's the it's that one's called cafe Boulon right for what it's worth everyone always asks about the cafe Boulon Boulon is the the French word for bolt
1: oh I like it yeah uh, so I it like kind it. of ties
0: back to the the lucky bolt uh, brand and then we uh, we're gonna be opening another uh another cafe called break mm-hmm. in mission Valley. And that one's going to be at the ampersand campus and ampersand. It's a, if you haven't been there, it's a really cool project.
1: Yeah. I've heard about it. So how did they find you or did you find them?
0: Uh, they found us. We got uh, connected through a mutual friend. Um, and uh, yeah, at first I was like, what's going on in mission Valley doing mm-hmm. like, and, and I, the developer asked me to come down and just have a look at it, and then when I saw it, I was like, "All right, we we got to do this."
1: Nice, nice. Well, that's really quite an uh, an evolution of your business concept, right? Going from, you know, first setting up a distribution concept and network to then, uh, you know, working in a shared kitchen to to start to produce your own food, and then the next step of of creating your own commercial kitchen, and then now being invited to to take that function and and locate as well at um at the place where these these uh you know workers are concentrated so like taking the lunches to them taking the the cafe the the eating opportunity so to speak you know to these workplaces. Yeah. Yeah, it's really kind of full circle when you think about it.
0: Yeah, and there's I mean there's there's plenty more the the way I've always viewed the like what we do is if you think about the way people get food, uh, just in general, the way food makes it from a farm to a, a, a consumer, food ends up in kind of I don't know. It, it, it's a kind of a nerdy term, but it it ends up in like distribution nodes. Uh-huh. You know, like, it, like so it'll go from a farm, a farmer, to a broker, to a distributor, to a store, uh-huh. or in that store could be a, a restaurant, a cafe, or a uh, just anything,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and all the people go to where the food is and I think that what got me what inspired me to begin with all the way back when I was living in New York was i would uh I would walk to work every day and I would stop off at like the same bodega and I thought I had a wired because this is this is like before smartphones, mm-hmm. so I could walk through the door and like just kind of like look all the way to the back by the where the grill guy was and he would just call out my, my breakfast sandwich and the and the grill guy would just start making it. And it would still take like like all told it would probably take like ten, fifteen minutes mm-hmm. to to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Because I was going at the same time everybody else was. And there's and there's these these uh bottlenecks in mm-hmm. every operation. And so that's what got me thinking. I was like, ah, oh, you know, what what's the fastest way I could get a you know a breakfast burrito. Yeah. And uh and I was like, oh, if everyone just ordered online and that the way there's no queue at the register or anything like that. And uh, and so focusing on the workplace gives us an opportunity to reverse the whole paradigm. Right. Instead of people going to where the food is, it's, okay, let's bring the food to where all the people are. Mm-hmm. And the answer to the question, where are all the people? Uh, they're at work.
1: Yeah, right. right.
0: <laughs> so that creates an opportunity for us to... You know, uh, feed all these people more efficiently, um, and and all all we're we've ever focused on is just trying to bring better and better quality. You know, curate more of what's what's available locally. So yeah. at all of our projects, you know, we're working with local coffee roasters, uh, all the like the kombucha on tap and everything. It's all made locally, mm-hmm. and you know, trying to connect with more and more local farms and deal with them directly. Right. Just so that we can provide, I mean, it's it's kind of it's deliberately worded in, into our mission to make it easy and affordable mm-hmm. to to do all these things.
1: Right. I want to talk more about local in a moment because, of course, that's our the biggest part of our brand with Edible San Diego. But before that, I just wanted to, you know, to make sure I've got it clear in my head. So so Lucky Bolt has these kind of two dimensions, right? You have your, your, your kitchen, your base in Sorrento Valley from which you still deliver meals. Uh, yeah. Uh, so folks who, who uh, are in a workplace where uh, they want to, you know, enjoy the kind of convenience you described with your breakfast burrito vision can order online and have their, their lunches or their food delivered to their workplace. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Plus in addition, these, these two new, currently the, the two uh, new cafe uh, venues, which will, as you say, kind of bring the food to these concentrated workplaces.
0: That's right, Great. and yep, and the, um, I don't know if, if there's a and, but yeah, yeah. that is correct. Okay,
1: <laughs> it's, it's it's really neat. I, I kind of I got the picture in my head of this this kind of network and and everything, and and, it, and an essential part of this network, and part of what I've always loved talking about with you, and I appreciate uh, that you. Literally go the extra mile is your your emphasis on sourcing you know that it that quality what what one of the aspects of quality is where this food comes from, who prepares it actually who grows it even prior to preparing it um, you know connecting with those people as as business people, whether it's a fisherman or a rancher or a dairyman or a a farmer or, or whomever so um tell us a little bit about. About how sourcing locally works in lucky bolt, why it's important to you and how you make it work because I hear from a lot of folks that that sometimes the economies of scale make it so that they find it easier or more economical to to make large purchases from larger distribution networks and uh, local you know locally sourced food and um, and beverages are by definition much more diverse and um Change throughout the year, and you know. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your your local sourcing philosophy.
0: Well, Philosophy? Um, well, I don't know. The philosophically, the I guess I don't know if it's philosophy, but we it's it's so it's it's part of our mission. So it's like when you're, I'm just going to back up, and I guess this kind of uh, speaks to the like the philosophical side of things. So we made a decision years ago to be a mission driven company as opposed to like a venture capital driven company or or so, so we, you know, we, we thought long and hard about what's our mission, what do we want to do? And we embrace the mission of making it easy and affordable to maintain a healthy balanced diet uh, and to make it easy and affordable to support healthy agriculture and healthy is kind of our catch all uh, term for, Local regenerative, you know, all the things mm-hmm. that that you know, uh, all these ideals that are worth worth supporting, and so that's I mean that's that's hard, uh, but like having the mission, it just it's kind of like your compass. It's like yeah. it just kind of steers you know every every time you get a chance to make a, a key decision or, or or anything like that, it just kind of keeps you pointed in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and when when it comes down to just you know you know in practice, like uh, I guess. I mean just look back to when uh when we first started um just delivering food from restaurants. So we 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 sought uh, we sought out restaurants that were doing a good job of sourcing. Mm-hmm. And uh and to be sure, I mean there's very few restaurants out there that can re- truly have like a like a, an entirely local menu. Mm-hmm. Um and if they do that at the price point is you know, it's a in like uh it's, it's expensive. Yeah. So we, you know, we're, uh, we're idealistic, but we're practical. So we always just, you know, try and find the, you know, the best that we can find, Mm -hmm. like the best, let's find the best Thai food, the best uh, Mexican food, like, you know, in in every category. And then when we moved into, uh, when we started making food in the shared kitchen, um, you know, we, we didn't have dedicated space. We didn't have enough, a lot of cold storage. Literally, we would uh, in the kitchen. It didn't even open until eight in the morning. Oh, so we would the specialty produce truck would would meet us in the parking lot, and uh, and we would just get all of our produce uh, and then have to take it in at like eight oh one. Slice, dice, <laughs> chop, and 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 wow. you know it's worth mentioning that our the way our lunch delivery program works is that our customers have until ten thirty in the morning to to order their lunch. Okay, so we're making everything to order from scratch. Uh, every day and so at the you know at the outset when we were in the in that shared kitchen you know the 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 decision was where are we going to get all our, our produce i mean the answer was okay we're going to go to the specialty produce because they gave us access to you know, the the most local product that we could get our hands on mm-hmm. and then as we grew uh, and, and then or we got to know each other mm-hmm. um like in San Diego Food System Alliance, mm-hmm. Community Health Improvement Partners, right. all these. So uh, I had when I when I came back to San Diego, I immediately you know tried to seek out all these these organizations and support them. Yeah, um, and that's how we got to uh, to know farmers, and and then you just really we just start the conversation with farmers, and and you make it work. Um, I mean, far- small farmers are, are busy, just like uh, anyone who owns a restaurant is busy, yeah. and I think that's the common theme. Like with uh, that's the, what I always believed to be true, and then we kind of validated it when uh, when uh, Chip Community Health Improvement Partners, mm-hmm. when they formed the Farm to Institution Council, I can remember the like the first two meetings of the of the council. We pretty much like put a, a stamp of validation on on the what I always believed was that the restaurants and the chefs don't have enough bandwidth to go in, and seek out all these farms and figure out what they have day in day out mm-hmm. uh, or week in, week out and uh, and the farmers don't have enough time to go and chase down all these chefs and, right. and you know and get them to place an order so it's uh, we've had to just do it all opportunistically where we, we meet a farmer who's got something that we can incorporate into our menu. And we, it's kind of in a lot of cases where we're kind of like meeting halfway Mm -hmm. or some cases, the farmer, will, most cases the farmers will, will, will bring their product to us, but we're, you know, we're like paying attention. We're keeping in touch with them to be like, all right, you know, we need more of this or what do you have? Mm -hmm. And so you have to, I mean, you have to, to be flexible yeah. You know, like with your menu and and everything.
1: Right. Wow, that's that's so commendable and I, I I really wanted you to to come on this podcast to share not only the the you know the kind of innovative technological dimensions of what Lucky Bolt does but but your efforts to to connect with this local network that we have here in our region and and support our local growers is you know, it's what it's what motivates us with Edible. It's so important and uh, there's so much good work going on of which Lucky Bolt is part. And it's just really exciting Mm, to see how, how successful you guys are. Um, And, you know, Chris, another uh, point I wanted to touch on was something that really made an impression with me years ago when we first met, which is that dimension of, of packaging. So it's, it's another aspect of, of um, you know, these choices that we make in our, our lifestyle, not only what we eat and, and where it came from, but uh, what's it, what's it wrapped in, you know, and, and, and what, how many choices do we have with with that? I know it's something growing numbers of us are thinking about on a on a daily basis, like bringing water bottles or reusable coffee cups or reusable straws, etc. So, tell us a little bit about Lucky Bolt's efforts to build uh, that kind of consciousness into into how you guys distribute food.
0: Yeah, so going all the way back to the very start, um, realized that that I was starting a business that was going to be, you know delivering individually packaged meals Mm. uh, to people at work. And, you know, the, at the outset, I was like, oh man, it'd be great if we could, you know, have some sort of reusable packaging. That wasn't practical uh, at the, at the outset, um, just dealing with all these different restaurants. But the one thing that we could do is we could tell the restaurants, you have to use packaging that's either compostable or recyclable. Mm -hmm. And, Going back to 2011, the, that was uh, in some cases that was a, like a like a big ask for them because mm-hmm. every like everyone every restaurateur will tell you that you know the margins are are tough mm-hmm. and you got to save money everywhere and uh, I can't tell you how many restaurant owners I talked to that were that would make good food and they were putting it in styrofoam yeah, packaging.
1: It's so common still,
0: and the and like the styrofoam, you know now like like municipalities are are outlawing it which is you know that's, yeah. that's uh when when you can just take that top down approach yep uh it's great um, but back then the these restaurant owners they were like oh you know the the styrofoam is just so much cheaper and i would always tell them i would say well there's a cost that comes <laughs> that comes with using that styrofoam you're just kicking the cost down down the road and i said we can't do that and uh so and, and also we we because of the volume that we were bringing to them, we could kind of say, "Look, you know, we, we're making it worth your while." I can't tell you what you, what, what to do with your with the rest of your customers, but with us, it's got to be compostable or recyclable. Mm-hmm. And uh, and in some cases, we would even supply them. We would be like, "Look, we'll we'll bring you the the containers, but you just have to you have to use them." Yeah. And then certainly when we when we started making food uh, in the Lucky Bolt kitchen. It was it was a no brainer. We uh, we use compostable, and with certain items that uh, um, you know, like if it's like a, something that's hot, like a hot soup, mm-hmm. um, we might use a recyclable container. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of our most uh, uh, recent initiatives is a, a program that we're developing with Perfect Bar. Mm-hmm. Now, they, you know, are you familiar with Perfect? Yeah. yeah no, so they're, they're delicious. They're based in. In Sorrento Valley, and they actually approached us. So we we uh, we were delivering to uh, to their office, and they approached us to see if we could get some sort of a reusable uh, packaging program going. And uh, and you know we're like, yeah, why not? So right. so they uh, they bought their own reusable uh, like lunch trays. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it looks just like it's like the stainless steel with mm-hmm. the with the lid. Yeah. Um, and it uh, brought them to us. And when we see that we're plating meals for uh, a perfect bar, they go into the reusable containers, we drop them off. And when we drop off, we just pick up any of the, the clean ones that, That's that awesome. they have.
1: It's like the milkman when I was a kid, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
0: and so it's cool because, you know, I had had that idea back when we first started and – it's uh, it's cool to like you know have the opportunity to actually you know put it into uh, into practice and to start to map out you know what what are the hurdles what are the yeah. true costs of, of doing it and everything yeah so yeah who knows maybe in a couple of years we can just have the whole the the whole program done That's with the uh, awesome yeah
1: I can see that you know you guys are are innovators and leaders in, in these ways that you know in terms of sourcing and packaging it's so. Exciting to hear you know about the things that you're you're doing,
0: oh thanks I always say we're you know we're we are lucky to be in in a, like doing what we're doing in San Diego because we have all the pieces, yeah, you know, and kinda thinking more about like the the wanting to work with local farms
2: mm-hmm.
0: being in an area that's got such an abundance of local farms right. yep you know we've everything's there, we just have to stitch it all together.
1: Well, you know, I, I, it's such a, a pleasure to know you and to follow your progress. That, you know, uh, I, I look forward to, uh, to exploring some of your projects, you know, on the pages of Edible, print and digital, because, you know, these are really great stories. I just get so excited about sharing. It's inspiring. It's, it's practical. You know, uh, I, think, I think that Lucky Bolt is a truly exemplary company in this, in this space of the, of the good food movement. Oh, Thanks. Yeah.
0: And it's really cool to see what you've done with Edible since you uh, since you took over.
1: Thank you. Yeah, we're we're uh, we, we're got we've got a really exciting year planned next next year. We're going to be taking a seasonal approach to all of our content and uh, using that to really delve in deeper to these themes of local sourcing and health and uh, and relationships in the business community that that make all of this possible to those of us who who live here and and the many people who come to san diego to visit you know to surf and all the other attractions here so um so thank you yeah it's uh you know it's good work it really is and i um i i want to look at this as the first of many times that i hope you come in and talk with us here chris we've
0: got we've got stuff uh kind of Oh, there's always something brewing, but there's some exciting stuff that we have uh, just kind of waiting in the wings. I don't want to jinx it today, but uh, that's all
1: right. We'll we'll leave that out there as the the next topic of discussion <laughs> right, when I cool. bring you back. Well, gosh, Chris, thank you so much. Um, Chris Schlesser is the CEO of Lucky Bolt, and I'm just uh, I'm just really glad to share all of your progress with our listeners and and to uh, stay in touch with you as you keep you know leading the way. So thank you. Thanks, Katie. I bet. And uh, to wrap up this this episode of the podcast, I always like to share a cooking or a gardening tip. And as I was thinking about it this week, you know, I uh, I stumbled on an idea. It's it's a really basic idea, but he, here it goes. I, I want to encourage everybody to try something new with regard to food. So whether that means going to your, your closest farmer's market or coming into specialty produce, I, I want to... I want to encourage you to to take a risk and and try some fruit or vegetable or kind of food that you've never had before. Um, the the best thing about going to a farmers market or a farm stand uh, or the uh, my other favorite source for fresh food is the the Saturday morning Tuna Harbor Dockside Market, where you can buy seafood from the folks who. Brought it out of the ocean, you know, so when you go to these kind of places, you can actually ask the the, the person uh, for some tips on how to prepare it, so whether it 's some kind of um, really exotic looking uh, kind of broccoli or some unrecognizable fruit or kind of onion or root or whatever it 's just really fun to try something new. And, um, as Chris said, you know, we're here in San Diego County, we're blessed with such an amazing, um, essentially year round growing climate, um, a very diverse population of, of growers and food artisans. So it's really easy to do. So just take it as a fun experiment. You know, the, the goal is not perfection. You don't have to love it, but you know, give something new a chance. And I want to share it. I, I walk the talk. I, I tried something new this week and, um, it was uh it was it was bison liver chris yeah
0: where did you get that where did you bison find it bison
1: liver so i can tell you i i met the 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 guys that that raise these magnificent animals in new mexico on a trip recently it's called beck and bulo and uh, so we, I met them at the Santa Fe Farmer's Market, which I just always want to be able to drop in on. I wish it was closer. But um, so we talked about the nutritional benefits of, of, of bison, you know, all game, but in particular bison and in particular um, organ meats, which, you know, it's not something I think of, you know, eating all the time. But, um, you know, after getting to know these guys, learning about their reasons for how they do their business and... And all of that, um, I, I thought I'd give it a try just for some kind of health goals that I have for myself. And, uh, you know, it's kind of going out on a limb. It's a, it's, it's a different, you know. How did, how did you prepare it? Well, <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you. So um, when we were little, my mom would, would occasionally cook um, beef liver, you know, serve liver and onions. And the way that uh, uh, that JP recommended I try it is to freeze it cut it into small pieces and freeze it and and just eat it eat it raw and so you're getting the maximum nutritional benefits that way so you know, I totally acknowledge it's not for everybody, and it's um, as I say, for me, you know, it's it's really kind of something new. I'm still getting used to the idea. Think we could make
0: a frozen bison liver smoothie, or just have it as an add-on?
1: You know, um, <laughs> there's that. You know, <laughs> uh, so you know, that's just my example of of trying something new. I mean, we've we've all got our individual health journeys, and I know as time has gone by, you know, I've tried different things in different phases of my life, and. Uh, so anyway, just to kind of wrap it up, you know, I, I just want to encourage all of our listeners to try something new, and uh, maybe you'll like it. Maybe it, it won't be something you integrate into your life, but um, but it's kind of fun just to uh, to kind of add something new to your life. So so that's my my cooking or eating tip for the uh, for the week. So anyway, uh, I wanted to thank all of you out there for listening to this episode of Living Local with Edible San Diego, and also to invite you to our many platforms. We have. Our beautiful magazine, which is distributed countywide, we have a website where we are posting original stories every day for your enjoyment. All different kinds of stories. Lots of resources up there like recipes and uh, guides to uh, all kinds of things. Everything from wineries to uh, nonprofits in our region. You name it. And... uh, you know, Edible San Diego is here to share information with you about living the good life here in San Diego County, and this podcast is part of our mission-driven business. So, you know, um, we love our work, and we're so grateful for your um, for your interest out there. And uh, lastly, I wanted to thank Specialty Produce for producing this podcast for us. We couldn't do it without them, and and genuinely appreciate their support. So, anyway, this is Katie Stokes signing off, uh, publisher of Edible San Diego, and.